small vulnerabilities, the things that you don't think to look for. That's why a breach happens, because you don't think to look for it. But what we were surprised to see is that most organizations are still being rather reactive. They're also putting up just the like the the outer perimeter kind of firewalls instead of, of changing the inside of things. When customers were asked, you know, what kinds of security practices they have in place, I think only about 12% of them were exploring, uh, you know, DevSecOps and integrating security from the very beginning as they deploy infrastructure. But I was surprised how few people actually are integrating DevSecOps practices today. Things like network security and endpoint protection, those are things that our customers do feel they have a good handle on. I do think in those areas, they are very mature. But the challenge that we face is as customers are migrating these workloads to the cloud, some of those perimeter security controls are just not as relevant as they used to be. Well, welcome back to Cloud Talk. I'm your host, Jeff Deverter. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help you improve your business and those around you. Now, in today's episode, we discuss the most recent research findings from Rackspace Technology on, well, you guessed it, cybersecurity. Now, we interview literally thousands of IT professionals all around the globe for these quarterly research activities, and I think you'll be as shocked as we were about what we learned. Now, all of this research is available for free over at rackspace.com slash solve. So if you're sitting in front of your computer while you're listening to this, well, maybe head over and grab yourself your own copy of the results. Now stick around after the interview. As always, I have some thoughts I want to share with you about this episode. Without any further ado, here's this week's episode of Cloud Talk. The line between application and infrastructure is virtually invisible in these modern apps. The kind of thing that a global computing fabric with immense resilience and scale can deliver without even breaking a sweat. That's really what the promise of the cloud's always been. It's all focused on the business objectives. That's where we craft the plan. In the tech world, we like to celebrate the lone genius, but I'm just going to tell you right now, they're just the convenient face as founders to focus on. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Deverter. If it's one thing we hear about a lot in the news these days, well, it's cybersecurity. Whether it's ransomware, whether it's denial of service attacks, there are so many different ways that the bad guys do the bad things. And uh, we here at Rackspace have done some really interesting research over the past year and a half and releasing, or probably have just released by the time this podcast airs will be uh, our latest research on well cybersecurity and preparedness. And so I thought it would be fantastic to pull a couple of folks in to have a conversation about that. And the first that I'll introduce you to is the head of the Rackspace research team, and that is Dr. Laura Faulkner. Laura, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm, we're delighted to have you here. Now, research is your thing. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your background, just so the, the folks can get to know a little bit more uh, about you and uh, and where the, the doctor comes from and where you know, all the different things that you've studied. Research is my thing. And I think that I have the best job in rec space. So <laughs> I keep <laughs> I saying it. that. I said it yesterday on stage. <laughs> that you have the best job in rec space. <laughs> exactly. 
so, uh, so I've been in my field for 25 years. Uh, I have a doctorate in research psychology, and then I have other degrees in sociology and anthropology. So I pretty much know how to study human beings from every possible angle. And I get to do that here in Rackspace. And I, the reason I like to do that here and in an environment like this is that uh, is is that it matters? It gets to be applied. It uh, it it Im- impacts decision making. Right. So it's it's not just research in a, a laboratory or in a clinical setting where you get to figure, you know do some study, create a hypothesis, do some study, and write a paper and move on to the next thing. You get to see your results kind of in real time and see how they affect business performance. Absolutely. So actually our, my, my personal motto as well as our team motto is to spark fast, confident decisions. And so we just, and, and the fun of this kind of research that we're doing here is that we don't just get to do that for our internal business, but we really get to do that for the market and to, you know, to give data away. And, and I, I really love that about this because I, I just, I can't stand for people to be stressed out because they don't have enough information. Well, that's, that's one of the, the, you know, I, I study and I talk about and help effectuate companies going through digital transformation, adopting cloud cloud technologies to wrap around their their people and their business processes to help them be more efficient, more effective, and and all those things. But of the hundreds and, and probably at this point thousands of different companies that I've talked to, the biggest inhibitor to change is inertia due to lack of information and just or or being overwhelmed, not knowing how to parse that data. Absolutely. And then there, you know, there's such consequences of making a wrong decision. It's like we, you know, we can talk about the, the fail model where you're allowed to fail early and often and that sort of thing, but you can only do that so far. And so there, yeah. And, and, and most of us in our jobs need to show results like in a shorter, short period of time. And so you really, you want to make the right decision and the best decision and, and have as, as much as possible be armed with whatever you can so that you can move forward with uh, with some confidence that you might have some success. Why oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Um, and so, and so we, you mentioned we do this research. We we go, we we pick a topic, put together a bunch of stuff, and then we give it away. I mean, quite literally, we just give it away. And it's part of what we do over here at Rackspace Solve in helping you know just give um, business leaders, IT decision makers, IT practitioners you know, more information, hopefully the right information to either help them make a decision or to open their eyes about an opportunity or in this case about a challenge. And that's the challenge of cybersecurity, our our most recent batch of research. Yes. And one of the biggest things that that we like to do, especially for one like this, is to see where where do I sit in, you know, where does my organization sit along with everybody else in the world? How is everybody else doing it? What are what challenges are they finding? What uh, what things are they doing? What are they investing in? How much are they investing? And so these are some of the questions that uh, that we sought to answer out there with uh, with a global audience. Well, and I find this this topic a little bit is is exciting too because it's a little bit different. Where in a lot of what we're doing, it uh, it allows folks to, like you're saying, compare to other businesses out there. How are they being successful, or what's holding them back? But in this case, we're also applying it to what are the bad guys doing, and how am I best prepared to um, 
when that when that knock at the door in the middle of the night comes that I don't hear and they're trying to sneak in and, and do bad things. That's right. And so we we actually asked, you know, what are the biggest things you're concerned about? And no big surprise, and we can talk about it in more detail as we go along and talk about the data, but that that threats are increasing. They're they're increasing exponentially. It's like it's not just mathematically they're increasing. It's like yeah. there's they're increasing because they're getting more sophisticated, and then they're increasing because there's greater use of the kind of technology that gives opportunities for that, and that you need to secure in ways that you hadn't done before and that that weren't a matter of course before. Right. So so you as a doctor in all of these things, uh, let's talk about the data, not 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 the findings, but let's talk about the audience. Who do we go talk to? How do we create this instrument of study? So we went to uh, global IT leaders. And so this is C-levels uh, uh, and IT directors or very senior IT leaders around the world. And these uh, and and uh, in this case, we skewed a lot toward security specialists. So we'll get CISOs and CISOs and IT of security, you know, director of IT security and that, that kind of decision maker, because we really wanted to see what is the expert population say? What, what are, what are they doing? What are they worried about? And, and again, what do they think is important in terms of investing and, uh, and, and how to solve? And then how far along are they? It's like, where, where are they? What are their practices? And so what we do is that, uh, that we do, we help develop the research instrument, but we work alongside of a professional survey, uh, or agency, research survey agency, and they have a curated population of respondents. And so this is one of the most difficult things that we solve in research is how do you get to these niche audiences like this and how do you know to trust them? So if you just go buy a panel, really, you don't really know the quality of that. And we've seen and had to painfully come through poor quality data with other studies before. But the, in this case, we uh, we know we can trust this panel because or this this audience because they have curated a panel of experts, not a panel of experts. They have a curated database and relationship with experts around the world. They have they have specialists who this is what they do. They talk to these people all the time, every day, and they go out and get their expertise because we we held their feet to the fire. We asked. Okay, how are you? How do you get these these uh, good participants? How do we know this is good data? And they said, the yeah. "Yeah, exactly. Is that is an excellent question, and we're going to tell you exactly how." And so they actually go to people and ask for their like, like we we really need your expertise. We see that you're a CISO and this and that, and that you have expertise in the business. Talk to us. And so then they they get them to answer these scientifically developed survey instruments. So we're very proud of the quality of this data. And, uh, and we're really proud to invest in something like this that we do as a service. Right. So, so the recipients, we had about 1400 or so in this last go round and yep. oh, go ahead. Yeah. So, so 1400, uh, from, uh, 10, 10 countries across, uh, four of the five continents. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, we, this one. we didn't get any from Antarctica this time. <laughs> Uh, so that so that we have a full re, uh, global point of view, and uh, and we do segment by region on cybersecurity. We're not seeing difference by region uh, because this is this is a global need, a global issue, a global problem. 
It is. When you think about the, I mean, it's been escalating. Uh, I just saw some studies yesterday and it showed the amount of spending on cybersecurity uh, over time, over the past couple of decades. And it was a linear uh, graph. I mean, very one for one going up on a year by year basis. The problem was when you go and you look at the amount of bad guys doing bad things, you know, that is a 10x in some cases on a year by year basis, uh, logarithmic type of a growth. And they're just absolutely outpacing the defensive side. Yes, yes. And this is where we have we have a really interesting finding, which is that when we asked them to predict what they were going to spend three years from now. So even though we've seen that trend, that trend going up, they're imagining mo- most professionals are imagining what they want to happen, which is that they want spending to stay flat. Right. You know, and Perhaps that's possible, but it's not going to be possible without some really dramatic changes in how you do things. And we like to think of it in terms of people, process, and technology. And that's, sure. that's, that's part of what we asked about is, is where are you? And, uh, and it's part of where, uh, where cybersecurity expertise really comes in is, is that if you're going to both beat the bad guys and, stay in in a region reasonable spend although you may need to spend more up front you just want to let's let's be real about that it's like sure. it's what we've seen it's what's going to have it's probably what's going to happen but it's really so worth it because we uh defend up front is a lot cheaper than correct and and rebuild and the back yeah. <laughs> And doing all of the things. So we, so we create these, so we create this, this instrument, this ultimately a survey, pretty complex survey and uh, conditional in a lot of the questions, multifaceted, it forks off. It does really, really cool stuff. But in creating this, what I really get excited about is the fact that, that you bring, you bring your data scientists to the party, but we also bring experts to the party in creating those, these questionnaires, because we need to know what are the right questions to ask? Now you tease out the right way to ask the question, but you know, what is it we're really trying to learn? And for that, you know, one of our experts in this space, uh, relatively new to Rackspace, and I would love to get into the conversation now, is, is Mindy's leader. Now, Mindy's been, Mindy, you've been here with us for, for a couple of months now, but maybe you could introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your background. How did, how did you get into security? Yeah. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. So, uh, I'm Mindy Schleter. I've, I've been working in cybersecurity for about 15 years now. And uh, for me, it started right out of college. Uh, I, I went to Georgia Tech and there was a local Atlanta cybersecurity startup uh, that that was very hot back then called Internet Security Systems. And I went I went to work there right out of college and I've been in the industry ever since. Uh, I spent some time at IBM Security and at Cisco Security um, and my particular area of interest is really around cloud security and how we keep our customers' data secure in these new uh, new types of infrastructure that everyone is exploring these days. It is a challenge, uh, and there's some benefits to it, but it also creates a, a, an interesting attack surface as well. So, uh, you know, you've spent some time with the findings and what we what we kind of teased out. Uh, of, of the answers. And there were some surprises. Um, and Mindy, what comes to mind for you? What was, what was that, that kind of top aha moment of, does this match what I expected or maybe was there a difference? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I found a lot of the data points surprising, really. But one thing that stood out to me was uh, when we asked, what are your greatest cybersecurity challenges um, that you're facing currently? The, the, the things on the very top are things that we understand really well, like network security and uh, endpoint security and, uh, and that sort of stuff. But the things at the very bottom were what really surprised me. So the very uh, lowest percentage of people, only 5% of respondents said that a lack of cybersecurity hygiene was, was their greatest challenge. Um, and th- that's very counter to what I uh, experience working with customers in their environments. And I see a lot of breaches in the news that result from, you know, simple misconfigurations, just unsecured data in an S3 bucket or some identity left sitting out somewhere that uh, someone was able to, to use to get into an environment and then escalate privileges and get to some really important data. So um, that was surprising. Another one that surprised me that was near the bottom was lack of cybersecurity awareness among business users. So I see that as a huge challenge because, um, you know, it's so simple for anyone just to click on a malicious file in their email and expose their companies to huge amounts of risk. So that, you know, there are a million ways to get into our networks. And uh, one of the most common attack vectors is through email. So, uh, yeah, I, I found that kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, I've, I've seen several studies in the past couple of weeks, talked about them on, on the live show, uh, getting back to the fact that it's between 60 and 80 percent of all of the attacks that are occurring are happening because of the two things you just said. They click on something they shouldn't have. By the way, it takes nothing sophisticated. There's no deep penetration, you know, tools that are needed to try to thwart through, you know, outer defenses. It's you send an email and somebody clicks it and they send a hundred emails and one person clicks it. You, you got what you need. But then mm-hmm. the other piece is that is that lack of cybersecurity hygiene. And that, you know, very tactically goes back to, are your servers patched? Do you have the recommended configuration on your firewalls? The really basic blocking and tackling things that, that need to be done. And if people aren't worried about it, they're not watching it. If they're not watching it, they're potentially exposed. So, Laura, we all go into these things with expectations. Even I would imagine the scientists when you ask questions, because we lead some, well, we try not to lead, but we have an expectation. Were you shocked at some of these answers? Absolutely. So uh, it's so so we know what the threats are, and as Mindy was was saying, it's like those small vulnerabilities, the things that you don't think to look for. That's why a breach happens because you don't think to look for it. And so, if you're really, uh, we expected there to be a lot more. We we well, you know, especially in relation to say the recent big events. So so you know the the ones that make the news that have so much impact and those we would expect those to elevate uh individuals and and the practices within organizations that they would actually change and and start to do things a little more proactively but what we were surprised to see is that most organizations are still being rather reactive 
uh, about it. And then they're also putting up just the like the the outer perimeter kind of firewalls instead of of changing the inside of things. Uh, one one of the ways that I that I thought about it in the picture that 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 you and I talked about recently was that I was I was it's, I suddenly had this picture of Lord of the Rings and and the battle at Helm's Deep. It's like yep. the bad guys got in through a little hole in the sewer. It's like the, yeah. these these walls had had been you know unbreached for years and generations and decades and. Uh, but yeah, it's like one one little hole in the sewer, and they were able to blast their way through. So, uh, so yeah, it's that when when Mindy talks about the the cyber lack, you know, the lack of cybersecurity hygiene, that they didn't consider that to be a challenge. It's like wow, <laughs> that's <laughs> that that. But it does give Jeff. It does give explanatory power to how breaches happen. And uh, so it's it, it was surprising to us. Maybe it shouldn't have been. Maybe it shouldn't have been. I'm pausing for just one second because, Mindy, I was testing to see where noise was coming from. I muted your mic and I can't unmute you. Can you unmute your mic for you? Yeah. There we go. I saw Thank you had you. muted me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, I don't know why I won't. If I can mute you, why can't I unmute you? All right. Uh, all right. So now I'm going to head down that road of of people um, when we get back in. Really thought they, they, had a, they were stronger in their opinions then the data showed that they really should be as they were, they were too confident, overconfidence. And back to the episode. So one of the other things, Laura, that you called out to me was you said, Hey, look at the beginning of this, when we asked them questions that says, how confident are you? How prepared are you? This was a prepared group. What was the, what was the number there? I mean, it was high. Oh yeah, it was. So, so we asked that we asked it in, in the, it was like a three level, three level answer. And uh, one was that, you know, they were worried about not being wholly prepared. And we really expected that to be a, a fairly big population be, because of, you know, of what we're, we've seen. And then, uh, then we asked them like, you know, I'm, I'm really confident that we've got it handled. And then I'm somewhat confident that we have it handled. And then we asked them a related question of, of, uh, you know, how confident are you you have it handled like right now or that you will within three years and, and on your own, you know, that you could you could do this. And honestly, those numbers together that that how con- that, that we're fully confident or somewhat confident, 90 percent, 90 percent, 90. I don't it's think like- I'm 90 percent sure my <laughs> home network is ready to roll. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There you go. Yes. So, so it doesn't, it doesn't jive with, it's like the, the confidence doesn't necessarily jive with, with the, with the incidents. So, so, right. So it doesn't, it doesn't jive with what we're seeing in the market, but also it doesn't jive necessarily with the data that you found then as you started to ask probing questions about specific tech and how they're handling it. Correct. And so we started asking, so to, uh, like, how well do you have your, you know, how, how far along have you got, gotten in, in your, your practices? And so this is where Mindy can really talk to, to more about this, but they were the, the more mature practices they're not doing. It's like only, like, only like 30% were actually beginning to be to have like cloud centric and DevOps integrated, those more mature practices that are required in our current 
in, you know, our, in our increasing digital environment. Uh, and, and then also we have the, this, fact of, of, of the non-preparatory kind of, kind of work. So Mindy, can you tell us more mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, absolutely. So when, you know, when, when customers were asked, you know, what kinds of uh, security practices they have in place, I think only about 12% of them were exploring, uh, you know, DevSecOps and integrating security from the very beginning as they deploy infrastructure, which was Really interesting to me, and I think that's a that's a real good indicator of uh, maturity. That's kind of one of those things everyone wants to get there, where they're baking in the security from the very beginning. But I was surprised how few people actually are integrating DevSecOps practices today. Um, and similarly, I think uh, you know things like cloud security posture management not widely adopted um but things like network security and endpoint protection those are things that our customers do feel they have a good handle on and i do think in those areas they are very mature but the challenge that we face is as customers are migrating these workloads to the cloud some of those perimeter security controls are just not as relevant as they used to be so, uh, you know, it, it requires a shift in the way that we're thinking about security. And what we're seeing in these statistics is that most people are really not there yet, not where they want to be and, and not where they probably should be. And, and it is such a balance. It can be such a balancing act of, you know, you, you can get so secure at some point that it gets difficult for the users. And I think that becomes mm-hmm. one of those other aspects that tends to pull folks back from going too deep, too quick, maybe on the security mm-hmm. side. What are some of the other things you think, think so. Mindy, that, that, that deters them? Well, I think one thing that's happened, which is really interesting over the last couple of years, is there has been kind of a COVID effect in cybersecurity in that everyone very quickly had to figure out how to do remote work and how to collaborate better uh, it, w- while they're separated. And uh, so a lot of SaaS applications were adopted very quickly. A lot of cloud-based infrastructure was deployed very quickly. Um, and the thing is, people have not really had the time to go back and make sure that the security uh, practice has caught up with those uh, transitions. So I think that right now we're actually in a really interesting time where, uh, you know, the innovation has outpaced the security controls. And, and you're right, there, there is a perception that, uh, that security slows down business. Um, but I think that that's ne- not necessarily true because some of the more evolved practices like, uh, you know, uh, code security and baking in, you know, your, your security from the very beginning as you're, you know, deploying infrastructure via scripts and Terraform and stuff like that, that actually does save you time in the long run, but there is um, some hesitancy to move to those practices. Well, and I think your point is is super well founded in the fact that you, you talk about there's this COVID effect of rushing out into into the, into a cloud, and the cloud affords so much capability. In fact, my new favorite phrase is for all intents and purposes, the cloud is infinite. It's infinite in capability. It's infinite in scale, and it's infinite in geography, because we don't really have the ability to ask more of it than it can deliver, whether that's new features, whether that's whatever, because our organizations aren't adopting 
the the true power that exists there. You mentioned DevSecOps. Well, in order to do that, you have to be a Dev, DevOps-centric organization. A DevOps-centric organization has gone through the organizational transformation to be able to enable that sort of thing. And now we're talking about people. Now we're talking about people change and not tech change. And isn't that always the thing that slows us down? <laughs> True. People are yeah, lots slower were, than computers. Uh, <laughs> 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 there was another fascinating finding. So, you know, I mentioned uh, technology, people, and process. And so we had this fascinating finding. So again, you know, we have we have everybody who's like really confident or they're 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 confident that they'll be there pretty soon. Uh, and but when we asked about do you have the technology that you need, and we had like some very specific qualifications for what that meant and what people and process meant. And only about half to 51% said they have the technology they need. And then we had even much lower numbers on who needs on, on the percentage of, of those. So like around maybe 30% or maybe 12% that have the people and the processes that they need. So that's another aspect is that, that, that there is a tendency to throw technology at everything, which is fantastic. I mean, that's what we have automation for, right? Yeah. And, um, and, and one of those other mature practices missing is vulnerability scanning. That one really shocked me. It's like, just even it not being a security expert myself, it's like, I thought, dang, don't you want to scan for the vulner vulnerability? But then when we talk about the people in process, that's the other thing that's necessary. And this is where, uh, where we would hope that, uh, what, turn to us, turn to anybody in terms of, of, of an expert who can help you identify what are the processes you need because like Mindy said it's like you have all of those other little vulnerabilities that can happen that are so much more common and a lot of that can be uh th those things need need process and people solutions mm -hmm. and so that that's actually another big hole so if you want to get a big win in your cybersecurity today then start looking at those integrated processes look look at integrating all people into those processes and that that I think is really going to make the difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was just going to add to that thought uh, that we, we see a lot of times that um, companies will invest heavily in uh, an innovative technology to solve a security problem. But the, the problem with cybersecurity tools is that they generally do take a good bit of care and feeding. You know, they take a good bit of tuning to be effective. They have to be deployed correctly or, or, they don't solve the problems that you're looking to solve. So uh, even if you, you know, manage to find the room in your budget to buy an innovative tool, a lot of the customers that I talk to don't then have the people or the expertise to get the most out of that investment. And uh, I think that is also echoed in, you know, some of the other questions we asked around their biggest challenges. So they said that, you know, 86% of them said that their biggest challenge was lack of expertise. So I, I think, think that's, that's very telling. And yeah, it is. And, and I think expertise can be defined as a few different things, although Laura may, may disagree because she's the smart one here. She's the doctor. But it, 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 I think it's expertise in what's the right tool? What is the right methodology? Mm -hmm. What is the right partner? What is the right um, training that we're needing? And then also, I think that there is a lack of understanding or appreciation 
for the challenge they're actually facing. I think we think of cybersecurity way too often as this scary black box that we just try to build walls around as opposed to the fact that it is something that is changing so quickly and is so challenging. And that cre- that creates this inertia of inactivity, I think. Yeah, and, and it's definitely not something where there is, you know, a silver bullet. You have to have, you know, a de- defense in-depth strategy. You have to layer tools one on top of the other. So it does quickly become complex. So it does make sense why that lack of expertise and lack of people is such a big factor in, you know, how successful a cybersecurity program is today. Yeah. And I love the, um, we just had on the, the, on here, our, our own CISO and some of her team talking about tabletop exercises. And ultimately what that being is, all right, let's pretend it happened. Let's get everybody around a table. Let's run the play and let's see what we do. And with that, uncovering where there are problems, where are there people problems, where are there are process problems, where do we have exposure? We didn't know we had exposure before and solve it. It's much better to do that in a, you know, a, a red blue exercise in a, in a tabletop exercise where, it's everybody's friendly and the data doesn't get exfiltrated. That was, and, and Jeff, that was actually another surprising finding is that, that, you know, so here we have, we have a, you know, a mega expert telling us that, 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 that having those scripts, running those scripts, rehearsing those events, that that's a major uh, intervention that you can do that, that, uh, it, yeah, so it lets you mobilize quickly. It lets you recover much more quickly. I mean, we we saw how things can go down for a long time uh, in in terms of of digital time out there, where a moment is uh, is an eternity, and when you have hours, it's like, oh wow, that's that's a really big one. So I was very very shocked to see that, say, in a list of of maybe about ten factors, that was like third from the bottom in terms of what people are actually doing and what they have. And, you know, that, that there is a people in process uh, solution right there is, is to do those, to have those scripts, to do those rehearsals, to, to be prepared for, yeah. Okay. It's happened now. What do we do? So uh, thanks for bringing that one back in. Yeah. I really, uh, you know, we, we started this conversation. We started the, uh, the survey asking those, how prepared do they think they are? And then through a series of questions, I think it was a little bit of a therapy. So your, you know, your psychology, you know, degree came in there because we did get them to the point where they say, okay, what, you know, what, rank the, your, the, the cybersecurity and compliance challenges that you have. And, and what we had here, this, these top four or bottom four, lack of expertise, lack of resources, lack of time, lack of training and information. And those are some pretty big, pretty big black holes. And, and uh, Mindy, I really think this, of, of all the areas in IT, this is one of those areas where partnering makes an awful lot of sense. It, it really does because, uh, you know, you don't just need one type of person to solve these problems. You kind of need a cross-section of different skill sets, right? You need someone who understands the architecture of these solutions and you need someone who understands how to get the most out of the tooling. Um, and then you need people who are experts on compliance, right? So that's why Rackspace's approach to cybersecurity uh, involves having a pod of people that all have different skill sets that can mm. all help you solve these problems um, as needed, right? As your priorities change as your business shift, uh, you can, you know, stay on top of these things by having a whole team of folks available. 
Yeah, that's a, a, a great segue really just into talking as we think about partnership, as we think about how to solve the problem. It, it takes a host of people. It takes people who have seen it before. It takes people who have solved these problems before. And, and in, you know, this type of technology adoption, it's one of the other reasons why I say partnering makes sense. Because if we're thinking about, you know, how do I utilize the latest cloud native tool to make my app run better? Well, what happens when I do that? Well, maybe I can get to market a little faster. Maybe I can move faster than my competitor. It has some tangible business outcomes. I can do things maybe a little more efficiently. But ultimately, I can do things a little faster. Now, if that means that that I take some time to train my people to do that, well, it just means it takes a little longer to do it. But in the cybersecurity world, the world doesn't wait for us to go and learn all of the things, to go and hire all of the people. Again, going back to why getting a professional, a team uh, here to help help out in that space, it's because the front door is probably wide open and we need to figure out how to close it and uh, and how to put a couple other doors behind it and, and distribute that, that, that attack surface a little bit. So Jeff, I also want to bring up the other aspect of partnership. And because this, you're reminding me of some other data that we have from another study, which was, is that we do find when we talk to IT or, or organizations about their IT in various ways, they, there, there is a, a, an awareness that they do want their own security experts on the job. And they do want, because they deeply understand their domain, they're committed to that, the particular mission of that that organization and they under you know they 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 understand the, the other business aspects of that organization and so partnership goes both ways so it's like we don't even typically recommend here let us just take it all over for you is that that's that's really the strength of a partner model is that it's, it's a ride along it's a do with model and that is critical because you do need to develop your experts alongside and 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 so any any partner should be very committed to that. Any partner should not tell you that, that, oh, you don't need anybody who does this. That's not, that is not true. It's like, it is, you need somebody who's, this is your, this is their specialty, their dominant hand. And, and like Mindy said, who have those various skill sets available. So that, that's, that's not subject to the ups and downs of trying to find the right person is because you have a team that has cross expertise at all times. And, and so, but yes, that whole do with that partner, that, 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 uh, someone who also deeply understands and, and you can really be joined at the hip and, and work that work the problem together. Well, it's a huge point. And that is, this is one of those areas to absolutely partner and absolutely not outsource. I think because of the fact that you've got to be joined to the business, not just, you know, you can, you can go hire a contact center, in another country and try to, you know, get, get a better return on, on that, your people investment there. And that's contact center stuff. Okay, fine. This is not an area to outsource. Mindy, any last thoughts that you might have on, uh, you know, kind of next steps that people might have other than going to rackspace.com slash solve, not a paid site, by the way, nothing to buy there and download this latest uh, uh, bit of research, which is where folks can find it. But I I, I love to give you the floor and uh, Mm -hmm. what do people need to do to be safe? Well, I think, you know, everybody's in a different place uh, in, in this journey to being secure, right? And, and there are, you know, there are a lot of different priorities to consider, but really Rackspace can help you no matter where you are in that journey. So if you're just looking to uh, implement, you know, some basic 24 by 7 monitoring on your workloads, 
that's something that we do. If you're looking to, you know, move to a completely containerized and serverless environment and you want to lay some security tools on top of that, that's something that we can do. So Rackspace is here to be flexible for those things. And I think, um, you know, it, it's, it, 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 you shouldn't be ashamed to admit that the, that you have gaps in your security posture because everybody does. Um, and so it's really all just about being proactive and trying to, uh, to shore up those gaps before you're subject to a breach and before you have that loss of data that, that puts you in the newspaper. Nobody wants to be in the newspaper for this reason. Well, I think with that, we will call it quits for today. Ladies, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, again, that, that this research can be downloaded for free over at rackspace.com slash solve. And solve is also, of course, where you can find all of our thought leadership content, uh, a couple of the podcasts, a bunch of papers we've written. Uh, so I'd love for you to go check those out. Ladies, thank you so much. Have an amazing afternoon. This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com. So what makes modern cybersecurity so challenging? Sure, part of it is the tech. But when you think about the required changes to your organization and the organization structure, well, you hit a whole new level of disruption and ultimately inertia. Getting an object to move from a resting state is incredibly hard. Now, nowhere else is it more true that the old excuse of, well, this is how we've always done it. Well, that could get you and your company into some serious hot water. True transformation must impact every aspect of your organization. Such a huge thank you to Dr. Laura Faulkner and Mindy Schleter for their time on the episode here today. Now, friends, if you enjoyed this episode, then consider subscribing to Cloud Talk if you haven't done so already and give us one of those five-star reviews. They really do help. And if these are the kinds of conversations that you enjoy, well, join in. We are live every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn account and their Twitter and their YouTube. Check us out over there and join the conversation. Another huge thanks to Dell Technologies for your sponsorship of the Solve program, where we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help improve your business and those around you. Until next time, I'm your host, Jeff Deverter.